1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So does Alberta have a problem with extremism? I mean, we've heard stories uh, about individuals from Alberta who have become radicalized, kind of broad to join up with uh, ISIS and other terrorist groups. And we've certainly heard about uh, groups in Alberta uh, that are advocating uh, white supremacism and, and that kind of ideology. Now, I guess the, the degree to which we would consider it a problem is, is subjective, but we can certainly compare what's going on in, in Alberta to other provinces. And a new report finds that there, there's more of this in Alberta than there should be, A disproportionate number of extremist movements taking root or finding root in alberta uh this is a report that's coming from the organization for the prevention of violence called extremism and hate motivated violence in alberta joining us to talk more about it is david jones a senior researcher with the organization of the for the prevention of violence preventviolence.ca is the website david thank you for joining us here today thanks for having me on rob uh, tell us a bit more about the organization uh, itself and, and what the mandate is
0: yeah, absolutely. So we were uh, we were founded in 2016 with the support of uh, Public Safety Canada. And basically, we came together. Uh, we're a group of kind of academics, like social work or human service practitioners and community members who saw that there was sort of a, a gap both in knowledge and in programming to deal with this problem kind of in Alberta, generally in Edmonton in particular, where... People who were kind of on the fringes of involvement or becoming involved or already involved and looking to leave, there wasn't really any services that were there to stop these people from getting in or to help them get out. And so we came together wanting to kind of solve that problem. And then the first part of that we thought was, you know, awareness tends to be a good first step in prevention. So what this report set out to do was to kind of get a better picture of what was going on locally. Um, as you know, I've read, you've read, everybody's read a lot of news coverage. Um, We wanted to dig a little bit deeper, uh, talk to members of law enforcement, talk to people in the community, talk to human service providers, and kind of get a bit more granular, intimate knowledge of what was happening in the province.
1: Right. And how do you go about doing
0: that? So uh, we were lucky enough, uh, kind of in part because of this funding from Public Safety Canada, to be able to talk to law enforcement agencies across the province. um, And then as a part of that, to go out and identify human service providers who are kind of active in this space or who had seen some of these people before and then uh, members of the community as well who had some insight or opinion on this topic. And so we really kind of wanted to get as broad a base as possible, um, because like I mentioned, like a lot of times these reports will only kind of talk to either law enforcement or it'll just be based on social media, um, but we kind of wanted to do a comprehensive job as possible.
1: Right. And when we talk about extremism, I mean, that comes in in different forms, and and maybe it's subjective to to some extent, but in terms of what it is we're talking about here, now this report kind of breaks it down into five categories then, is that right?
0: Correct, yes. So we, um, the, one, the one thing we really wanted to stress is, you know, for, for many good reasons post 9-11, um, a lot when we thought about extremism, we often only talked about one thing. So first that was Al Qaeda and then subsequently sort of the offshoot groups that were affiliated with it. Um, but when we looked locally, what we actually saw was there are a diverse number of groups who had the capacity to engage in violence in Alberta. And we really wanted to highlight the diversity of threats because I think that's really important that people are aware it's not just one thing that's a problem. Um, there is, as you kind of said, unfortunately, uh, a number of different sort of ideological strains that could cause sort of mobilization to violence. So, you know, whether that's Al Qaeda in its offshoots, the white supremacist groups, um, some of these patriot and militia groups, single issue extremists. So you can think about uh, environmentalists like Weibo Ludwig uh, or kind of adherence to this new incel movement that's come out um, or anti-authority extremists.
1: And in terms of the threat they represent, right? Because at one level, there's an ideology, but then there are those who, who take it a step further and, you know, advocate violence in advancing that ideology. Are we are we talking about those who are advocating violence or at what point do these movements become concerning?
0: Right. And so that, that, that's kind of uh, why our name choice was sort of very specific uh, is really where we're primarily focused with violence. Um, you know, in Canada, we have certain rights that are protected and one of those is freedom of speech. So, of course, people are allowed to sort of within the bounds of reason and law um, express whatever opinions they want. Um, But when that turns to advocating for violence or encouraging people to engage in violence uh, or engaging in violence themselves, that's really where things start to become concerning and where there's a need to sort of do something.
1: Mm -hmm. In terms of measuring how much exists in Alberta, and that can be challenging. I mean, we have some estimates of membership in certain groups, but then, you know, there, there are people who subscribe to these views who are less obvious or people who vent on social media. So how, how do you go about quantifying the extent of the problem?
0: So with uh, a number of the different typologies, that's really where we rely on some of the, uh, the interviews with law enforcement officials, where they were able to give us sort of a more specific idea about what the size of some of these groups were in the province. Because if you mentioned it, it is kind of a very hazy and somewhat kind of qualitative or challenging thing to really provide a precise number. Because if you go on Facebook or you go on Twitter, um, you know you see that some of these Facebook pages have you know, thousands of likes, um, which could imply thousands of members. But in reality, when you kind of drill down, you see that very few of those people are sort of willing to engage in overt activism or show up for an event. Um, for example, one of the, the typologies we looked at was the uh, the Freeman on the land, which used to be a really big thing in Alberta, mm-hmm. not so much now. But previous estimates had you know, guessed that there were tens of thousands in Canada and thousands in Alberta. Um, but when we kind of went out and started talking to people, particularly in rural areas where most of these people tend to be, we found that it was probably more, you know, maybe a couple hundred who subscribed to the ideology a little bit. And of that, you had a very, very small handful um, who really indicated any predilection or predisposition towards violence. Uh, but then on the flip side of things, what we did see, was that with some of these hate and patriot and militia groups, um, this really rapid rise is really unlike anything we've ever seen in Alberta, probably in the last 60 or 70 years, where you know, it's smaller than the number of likes they have on Facebook, but there's still hundreds of members in the province. Not that all of them, by any means, are violent, uh, but it's really something we need to be concerned about and talk about, and that's, again, why we really wanted to write this report and raise a little bit more awareness.
1: But you're confident that this is maybe a, a disproportionately an issue here as as compared to other parts of the country?
0: Right, yeah. So I think that there's um, there's a few things that kind of makes this a uniquely significant problem in Alberta. Um, the first one being that extremism tends to be something that attracts young people. And Alberta is the uh, the third youngest province in Canada. I think we're right behind Yukon and Nunavut. Um, and not many people live in the Yukon or Nunavut. Right. And so in some ways, it's not surprising that any young province you have sort of a number, a disproportionate number of people who are attracted to various extremist movements. And then adding to that, we also know that extremism tends to manifest itself and really grow in periods of economic stagnation. There's nothing unique about Alberta, but it was a province disproportionately impacted by the slowdown starting 2014. So it wasn't really surprising to see that there was a sort of disproportionate impact of that and the disproportionate presence of these groups here.
1: So what do we need to do? What, you know, in terms of identifying the challenge, how do we respond to, to these these issues?
0: Right, to me, I think that the first thing to do is um, what we wanted this report to do was, as I mentioned, to raise awareness and sort of maybe some concern among Albertans, but not to generate fear or anything. You know, it's still a very limited and manageable problem. Um, but it's really important to just kind of be, be willing to talk about these things. And while the violence is important, I think what Albertans also have to realize is that, you know, we as a province and as a country... We've always kind of prided ourselves on our ability to be tolerant, um, our acceptance of multiculturalism. One of the few things that maybe makes Canadians Canadians is that. And so as we're living in this climate where polarization is increasingly tolerated or sometimes even celebrated, this report, we're hoping, is maybe kind of one of the first steps in people pausing and thinking a little bit, you know, before you share that meme or before you go out to that protest, kind of about what this does to our social fabric and what it does to us as Albertans, And as a community. So building off of this report, um, in the next few months, we're going to be launching a sort of public awareness and education campaign. As a result of that, there's probably going to be some, some, I guess, contentious discussions, which we're looking forward to. Um, But it is just really getting Albertans thinking about this and talking about this a little bit in a way that's hopefully a little bit more informed and constructive than what we may have had in the past.
1: Well, yeah, and, and I guess part of it is just, as you say, that, that awareness in saying, okay, you know, maybe we do ha- have a problem and then figuring out how, how to go about it. But it's maybe not the kind of thing that people are aware of the extent of it.
0: Right, yeah. So that, that, That's sort of what we're hoping to, to do with this, really, is just make people aware that it is a disproportionate problem here, um, but that there are a lot of things that you know we as a community or we as sort of the government um, can do to sort of mitigate this before it. Before, like you said, that sort of, you know, that behavior turns to violence, Um, there's many steps along that path where people can be encouraged to sort of get off, or if they're already involved, they can be encouraged to exit. So, what's accompanying this report, and what's really at the core of our organization, is a prevention program designed to target people and sort of get people help who are uh, already demonstrating some behavioral involvement in these groups, either getting in, or who are already involved and looking to get out
1: yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because there are some common threads there. I mean, you know someone who who ends up going off to to fight for ISIS and someone who who joins a white supremacist group, they might seem like really different people, but there's there's some parallels there, right? And how people are drawn into this kind of extremism.
0: Precisely, yeah. so one of the uh, one of the scholars who who writes on this, I, I really think provides a nice way of thinking about this is a guy named Ari Kuglansky, who talks about needs, networks, and narratives all being important for how people come to be involved with violent extremism. And so you know, there's only so much that we as an organization of like four people can do to deal with narratives, but what we can try to do is address those unmet needs or those unresolved needs that are really causing people to become involved in this in the first place. So our our team has a team of social workers, psychologists, uh, some counselors, and some people who have previously been involved with some of these groups who are willing to work with people, um, again, it's all voluntary, but willing to work with people who are either becoming involved or looking to exit. And so that's sort of yeah. our, our little, you know, what we can do as an organization.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, it can be a challenge. I mean, if we, we hear that somebody has been a former extremist, I mean, people often, you know, might view that person with suspicion. But but someone who genuinely has, you know, exited from that life and, and you know, rejects that ideology, I mean, th- those people can be helpful, can't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, you know, there's uh, very few people know what that feels like better than somebody who's been there before. Uh, and, you you can sort of coach people, on the front end of involvement, about what it really looks like once you're in. And then, you know, they, they know how hard it is to break out of these groups and leave. And so they can help and, you know, work with people who are in and looking to get out. Um, so they can play a really important role on both sides of it. And they can also speak articulately and passionately about why it's wrong in a sort of more general public setting as well.
1: All right. More at uh, PreventViolence.ca. David, thank you so much for joining us here today. I really appreciate this.
0: Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.